Amen, amen. Why don't we give God praise right now? I'm grateful to see what God has already done in the house today. Amen. We are experiencing the power and the presence of God in a powerful and mighty way. I'm so glad that you are here today. Welcome to the Sanctuary Church. The Sanctuary is a place of life. It's a place of hope. It's a place of love. This is a place to belong. And so if you are here today and you're one of our first-time guests, one of our returning guests, if you're joining us for the first time online, we welcome you today in Jesus. And why don't we welcome everybody in the house today. So glad you're here. So glad you're back. We are glad to see what God is going to do in this service today. I am just excited to see what God has already done throughout the several weeks we've been embarking upon this tremendous, tremendous sermon series. And so if you have been here for any part of that. I hope that you have been blessed. If you've not had a chance to listen to anything until this day, this moment right now, go ahead and check it out online. Everything's recorded on there. You can check that out. It will be a blessing to you. So thank you for joining us for this final sermon in the series called The Church on Mission. I believe we are the church of the living God today. Amen. And God has got a plan for you. God has got a plan for the church. And we are called to embark upon this glorious adventure together. And so the, the deal has been this. We have been taking a closer glimpse, a closer look of what treasures God has entrusted to us and what those gifts are and how we can use those gifts of time, of talent and treasure and utilize all of that for the glory in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As we properly use these wonderful blessings, these treasures, I believe we will be the church that God is calling us to become, the church on mission. I want to be on God's mission. Anybody with me today? I want to be on God's mission today. Be a part of what God is trying to do. Amen. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was thinking to a story. Um, have you ever heard of the mother? who wanted to teach her child a very important lesson, a moral lesson. So she gave this little girl a quarter and a dollar before church and told her, put what you think is best in the offering and keep the other for yourself. Well, that sounds like a great idea, right? Sure. So when they're coming out of the church, the mom asked the daughter, so which one did you give? Which amount did you actually give? The little girl said, well, you know, I was thinking about giving the dollar in the offering, but just before that occurred, the man in the pulpit said, you know, we ought to all be cheerful givers, right? So I knew I would be a whole lot more cheerful if I gave the quarter, you know. <laughs> so that's what I did, Mom. <laughs> And the moral of the story is you got to love the honesty of children. Amen. <laughs> Anyone with me? I love our children today. Glad all young people are in the house today. Children in the house today. Glad you're here for this important lesson. Throughout this sermon, we have talked about this life changing biblical principle that everything that we have is on loan to us from the Lord. Everything that we have is given to us as a gift. It's on loan to us. From God. God has invested time and talent and treasure into each and every one of us so that we will use these wonderful treasures for his kingdom, for his glory. The question is, what will we do with what has been freely given to each and every one of us? 
And so this concept of stewardship, this concept of, of stewardship really means that we're managers. We're called to manage all that has been entrusted to us. We don't own anything, nor are we owed anything, because everything comes from the Lord, and we should use it as though it is his and not our own. Amen? We ought to use it as though it is the Lord's and not our own. And so really what this entire sermon series has been all about is how do we become better stewards, good stewards with the resources that have been given to us. And really the idea that there really are benefits to living with eternity in mind. I want to live with eternity in mind. What does it really mean to live on this earth, but also store up treasures on the other side of glory? And so that's really what this sermon series has been all about. How do we discover and embark upon what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and live with God's kingdom as our heartbeat? That's my desire today, to live as God's kingdom as my heart beat. And so we've been talking about focusing on relationship with God more than the things on earth. Living this kind of lifestyle is based on this life-changing, liberating truth that God desires something for us and not from us. All right? He desires something for us today and not from us. That's a real important deal to understand and comprehend that we are called to join the Lord on his mission, on this, this great mission to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He desires for us to be a church on mission, doing what the church is called to do. And so when we view stewardship from this lens, in fact, our viewpoint, our vantage point, it shifts. It shifts from doing this. What is the minimum I must do to be a Christian. And it shifts to how can I glorify God with all that he has entrusted me with? I want to glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to live as though God is the center of my life in every way with my words, my actions, my thoughts, my lifestyle. God, that you will grow me, mold me, plant me, make me, Jesus Christ, more like you every day. Because, you see, there's this ongoing struggle with the spirit of consumerism. Of course, we see this on the rise as a society, right? We become, as a society, even more and more materialistic as the days continue. But this problem, it didn't originate in our modern-day society, in our modern construct. This is not where it began. Jesus, in fact, when we look to the Word of God, Jesus called his followers to pursue the will of God over stuff. Pursue the will of God over stuff. John chapter 4 and verse 34. The food, everyone say the food. The food that keeps me going is that I do the will of the one who sent me, finishing the work he started. 
The thing that drives me, the thing that motivates me, encourages me, nourishes me, is the fact that I am called to do the will of the one who has sent me today. Has God sent someone in the house today? I believe God is sending all of us, men, women, young people today, children. God is sending us into the harvest, this glorious world, so that we might be ambassadors for Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. Day in and day out, as we begin to look to what occurred in Scripture, these disciples, they were given this example of what it really meant to be a true servant leader, a true servant leader. And now, day in and day out, well, they demonstrated their preoccupation with consumption. They demonstrated they just didn't get what Jesus was trying to tell them, right? They just didn't understand. They weren't exactly sure. What do you mean? Is the kingdom of God now? I mean, are you here now to overthrow Roman rule and place us at the top of everything? Are, are we going to go back to the way things used to be? Wait a minute. <laughs> you are seeking a conqueror, and I'm here to save you today. I'm here to bring deliverance to your life and salvation to the entire world world today. I believe that Jesus Christ was on mission today, and his mission was to seek and save the lost. Amen. And today I'm grateful for his grace. I'm grateful for his mercy. I'm grateful that God never gave up on any one of us today. Jesus Christ, he established a higher purpose, a higher calling fueled by spiritual contribution. And because he didn't give up on those disciples, I'm glad to tell someone today, he's not going to give up on you. Amen. He loves you today. Jesus Christ loves you today. Amen. Everyone in this room today, Jesus Christ loves you. Everyone that's listening online, Jesus Christ loves you. He came to this earth to die for our sins so that we might have eternal life. I'm thankful today. Where would I be without that grace being bestowed, that love being demonstrated on Calvary? I'm thankful that God loved me. I'm thankful God saw fit to rescue me from my sin, rescue me from my future and from my past. Without him, I'm thankful for deliverance that has occurred in my own life. Oh, would someone praise God with me today and thank him that he saw fit to save us. Jesus did not give up on the disciples, and he's not given up on us either. He has called us all to become spiritual contributors, okay? Spiritual contributors. We are called to serve in the church as his church. We're called to serve in the church as his church. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We're the people. We're the body of Christ, and we exist for the world. The church does not exist for us. We exist for the world so that the world will know about hope in Jesus Christ. So the world will know that, hey, we don't have to die in our own sin, that we can find salvation in Jesus Christ. Hope in the Lord today. We don't have to be dictated by what we see in our society, but we can stand firm upon the truth of God's word that he is with you and that he is for you. He is a strong tower. Amen. The righteous run into him and they are saved. Today, can I tell someone that there is hope and your hope is found in Jesus Christ our Lord today I'm grateful for his hope amen not in this world but in the world to come I'm thankful for what he has done on this side of glory but my ultimate hope is found in Jesus Christ if I can speak prophetically for a moment to this church 
I see a church where people give more than they receive. Where people serve more than they desire to be served. Where people love more than they themselves have been loved in their life. I see a church that's passionate about reaching this generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe God is calling us to be contributors today and not consumers. You see, contributors, well, we encourage, whereas consumers, they complain. Contributors are willing to sacrifice. However, consumers only want to hoard up. Contributors forgive, but consumers, they hate. Contributors, they work together while consumers compete in the circle of life. Contributors are willing to volunteer, but consumers only take. Contributors give generously, time, talent, and treasure, whereas consumers only use up. Contributors love people, but consumers love things. Consumerism drives us toward a selfish lifestyle of safety, of comfort, and desire for privilege. But can I tell us today, can I call us to our ultimate master, Jesus Christ? Christianity is meant to point us selflessly to the cross of Jesus Christ. To look to the example of Jesus today, our ultimate example today. Because when we look to Christ, we see that he was persecuted, he was humiliated, and he was abandoned by many. Contributors realize that taking up the cross, taking up the mantle of Jesus Christ, as Paul would say, requires that we die daily to self. Help me, Lord in this area, right? We all need a little more help in this area. God, help us to realize the counting, the cost of what it means to be a true follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Today's message is really about who's in the driver's seat. Really, that's what it's about. Who's really in the driver's seat of our life? It's about lordship. Understanding that we are called to surrender everything about us to him. And so this idea that we are stewards, managers of what's been entrusted to us. So it's our job then to use our God-given resources for him and for his kingdom. So our time, every moment that we have, talent, the abilities, the inherent abilities that God has placed within us, and our treasure, the financial resources that we've been given. Stewardship is really the missing Peace of living an abundant life. Amen. If you're wondering around why are people kind of, you know, uncertain about some things, scared about some things, uh, just unaware at times and, and wondering why they're depressed or sad and sorrowful about just when you look to the world, man, what's going to happen next? I don't know what's going to happen. Part of the deal is am I living an abundant life yet by surrendering all to Jesus? God, call me today. Plant something within me if I really want to live life to the full. Life to the fullest. An abundant life requires Jesus at the center. Oh, God, that you will help me today. Amen. Help us today. Allow you to be the center of all things. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. I've heard it said that if you want to figure out what are our priorities? What are our priorities? That's a great question, right? Well, to do that, we've got to look at our calendar and we've got to look at our checkbook. 
we got to look at our calendar. we got to look at our bank account because that's going to really determine where our priorities are. Sharing a passage today about what Jesus calls us to do, and that is to live counter-culturally. A lifestyle that is counter to what we see displayed on the pages of society, on the pages of Hollywood today. Living a way that's counter to even our own nature of self at times. Because when we follow Jesus Christ, I believe that we are called to display behaviors, inherent behaviors that are godly, that will reflect Jesus Christ as Lord in our life. In other words, we're called to live differently than the world in which we are living in. When we are living for Jesus, we are called to live differently as everybody else in the world around us. Called, uh, we are called to live differently before we lived as Christ redeemed us. I'm thankful that God redeemed me, amen. He bought me back. He paid the price so that I might have eternal life, so that I, not, I don't have to go in this direction any longer. He redeemed me. He's bought me. He's purchased me today so that I might have eternal life with Jesus Christ today. And so I'm called to live differently, called to live differently. Luke chapter 6 and verse 35. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. You understand that, right? Y'all get this is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> Amen. This is not. But we're called to live in this manner, to, to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. Verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Right there. I could do a whole sermon right there. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're going to keep on going but that's that's a big one right there and your reward will be great you'll be sons of the most high for he is kind to the unthankful and evil therefore be merciful just as your father also is merciful judge not you shall not be judged condemn not and you shall not be condemned forgive and you will be forgiven give and it shall be given to you good measure pressed down Shaken together, running over, we put into your bosom. For with the same measure, everyone say the same measure. The same measure that you used, it will be measured back to you. And so today we're going to speak on this very important point. The church on mission, entrusting our treasure. Amen. We are called to entrust our treasure today in the Lord. So the question really is, how do we develop? a lifestyle of giving. How do we do that? True stewardship, it doesn't begin with what I place in the offering plate on a Sunday. It begins when I give myself totally over to the Lord. It begins when I start my day by asking the Lord, God, today, would you guide my steps? Would you allow me to live a biblical way today? Help me, Lord, measure some grace in my life. Help me understand that there'll be opportunities that come my way and let me be sensitive to every single opportunity that walks through my door today. It's, it's when I seek to place my talents and abilities to use in his kingdom. It's joining the dream team, our volunteer team. And by the way, thank you, volunteer team. If you serve right now on the dream team, thank you. In the house, there's folks in the back, some folks in the broadcast room out in the foyer today. They are serving. They are part of the volunteer team here on Sunday. But they are making a difference. And so thank you for your service. There are folks that work behind the scenes every day at the church, and thank you for your service. I'm going to give one more hand to the wonderful volunteers that work every single day 
it's not too late to join the volunteer team. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 24 and verse 1, it reads, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. The pattern of our lives, it ought to be shaped, and it is really shaped by the decisions that we make every single day. What decisions that we make, it really shapes our life. The greatest decision we can make is who will be Lord in our life. It revolves around the idea of lordship. Am I Lord? Am I in charge of my life, of my destiny? Or is Jesus Christ Lord in my life? And does he rule and reign in all areas? Do I own it all or does he own it all? And this really doesn't just you know, talk about money and possessions, but really families, careers, plans for the future. In other words, who's in charge of our time? Who's in charge of our talent and our treasure? Because if we can get right this idea of, of ownership, principle of a 100% ownership, that it all belongs to God, that God owns 100%, then we will be ready for the principle of 100% stewardship managing what God has given to us, right? I mean, if we think it's ours, what in the world? I mean, it doesn't matter. But if we believe and live in a way that this is actually God's, my time, my talent, my treasure belongs to the Lord, we live differently. It reorients ourselves. It recalibrates our worldview to place Jesus at the center. Amen. And we desire to worship him in all areas. Now, I've got to confess, again, it's really hard to live it. Sometimes a little easier to talk about it. You know, but it's a whole lot harder to live it because it goes against our human nature, right? Me, myself, and I first. <laughs> it goes against our human nature, me, myself, and I first. As Christians, though, we are called to manage these resources. So it's a, as much about living it as about giving. Stewardship is as much about living as it is about giving. True blessings in life well, the more we give, the more we are able to receive. Many Christians, we will never learn this principle. It might not be because maybe you've never heard it before. There's that, right? Some of us, we hear, we think, well, I don't know if that's really meant for me. And can I tell you, for the longest time, I never even preached about finances and money for, forever, for many years, because I did not want anyone to ever associate the church with just simply asking for money. But then I realized, wait a minute, I am robbing people of financial blessings that God has for their life. So I need to at least talk about it and then you can decide, all right, you can make the decision because you have free will, right? Small group, right? Y'all, my small group, we talked about this on, on Thursday night. Every one of us, we have been birthed with the free will to make a decision to choose left or right, choose God or go another path. Therefore, today I wanna choose Jesus. Anybody with me? I wanna choose Jesus today, amen. Some principles are never learned by Christians because for whatever reason, we've ignored it or we've not known about it. Therefore, I want to talk about that today. They never are willing or able to give God everything, uh, everything over to the Lord, perhaps because we've not learned to let some things go and learn to trust Jesus yet. We're in that process of still learning to trust in the Lord. So today we are called to view material things from a biblical perspective, viewing things from a biblical perspective. This means that we see material wealth as a resource for God's kingdom, not as a tool for my own satisfaction and security. 
You see, God gives to me and wants me to voluntarily give it back to him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. That's what the Bible says, right? We're called to see stewardship from this biblical perspective. And in doing so, we live a lifestyle that really does elevate Jesus in our heart and lives and understands that we really are stewards, managers of everything that's been entrusted to us. And when we do this, our lives are able to accomplish his will on a daily basis in all areas of our life. In fact, his will is perfecting us. It's making us more like him. Matthew 6 and 33, again, it says this, seek, but seek first. Everyone say first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus said, I'll meet your needs if you put me first. Put, me, put him first. And the Bible says, and he says this, he's going to meet our needs. Now, unfortunately, us as human beings, our human nature, you know, we want to have our needs met first before putting him first. I mean, some of us, we will pray for God to bless us financially in relationships with talents. But the question is, have we really obeyed scripture on this matter? Are we asking God to bless something that isn't fully surrendered to him yet? Today is your day to surrender to Jesus. Amen. God's got a plan. God's got blessing. God wants something to unfold in our lives today. Are we giving God the first fruits of our increase or are we just simply giving him the leftover? If we trust him with our finances, which is money, he will provide for our needs according to the word of God. And by the way, I believe the word of God today. Amen. I believe in the word of God. Let let God be true. The Bible says and everybody else say a liar. Man, some tough words, but it's in the book, right? I just want to preach what the Bible says today. Can someone help me today? Amen. I just want to preach what the word says today. Amen. What has the Lord blessed us with today? What talents, what treasures, what time are we using for him furthering his work? Remember the scriptural principle that we can never outgive God. You can never outgive the Lord. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I can never outgive the Lord. I was going to say that to you. You can never outgive the Lord either. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. You can do that too if you'd like. <laughs> when we have a biblical view, a vantage point of possessions, what we will do is we will actually be cheerful in this process. We will give cheerfully to deepen spiritual commitment. We will give cheerfully to deepen spiritual commitment. If we're going to give, it really ought to be from a cheerful heart, right? Remember the little girl as we began the story with? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, she's being honest. <laughs> she's speaking the truth. We all struggle with this. I mean, I feel I would be more cheerful. I just kept, you know, the larger portion and, and, you know, God, you just take the quarter. Right. But I want you to know that none of us, we can't be ruled by our emotions. We cannot be ruled by how we feel in the moment when we start with obedience. We experience the blessing associated with obedience when we begin with obedience we actually will receive blessings according to that 
obedience. And over time, our heart might come along as well, all right? Actually, I will know that to say that is the case. When I begin to do some things at first, it might, man, how do I do this biblically? How do I do this right according to God's sight? At first, it might seem a little odd, but you know what? The more I do it, the more my heart's into it. Why? Because I'm realizing that, Jesus Christ, you are first in all areas. So that first step can be a little tricky, a little hard. In fact, some of us may resent it. We might actually fear it, scared to take that step. But do I wait to lend someone a helping hand until I feel that bubbling joy in my heart inside? Do I wait until I have no fear to step out and then go use my talents in something new? Do I wait until I'm all caught up with everything before I start praying or reading my Bible? Or do I step out in faith, obey scripture, and let God's voice and God's word lead me to what is right in his sight? God, you got to help us in this area. We, we need some work. If we're going to really be the church on mission, God, you've got to help us in this area. Because our giving is really the key test of our commitment to the Lord, it really does bring that trust factor to the surface. I mean, just how far can I trust Jesus? All right, that's the question, right? Just how far can I really trust God in this area? When I give of things to the Lord from my heart, in fact, my relationship grows deeper, all right? As I begin to cheerfully become someone who is generous, all of a sudden, there's a joy that is found in that process. Suddenly, using our time, our talent, our treasure for the Lord, we actually take a whole lot of joy in doing it. We have a deeper commitment than we have ever had before. We understand the principle that we can never outgive Jesus. It begins with this first step, and over time, these behaviors anchor our relationship. Simple concept of investment. We get out what we put in. The law of the harvest, right? I mean, what is that? Simply, whatever you plant into the ground, that's what's going to bring forth, right? So if you plant an apple seed, chances are you're going to get an apple tree. If you obediently follow the God in, God in, area, in an area of your life, whatever that is planted, there, there's going to be some growth that occurs as we begin to spiritually nourish that area. You want God to bless your career? Place God at the center of your career. Do what things are right in the sight of God on your job. You want God to bless your relationship with folks and other people? Hey, then Jesus Christ ought to be the center in that area. That means sometimes, God, you're going to have to work some things out of my heart. If I really want you to bless that area, he's got to be center. Young people, if you really want to be a missionary overseas, how about we start with being a missionary in our schools? Starting a missionary right in our neighborhood. If I can't reach my neighbor kids and friends, how in the world am I going to go overseas and do that? Because I'm, wherever God has planted me, wherever I am planted, can I bloom where I'm planted? Jesus Christ has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. He has placed you exactly where you are. Young man, young woman, child of the Lord, 
elder today. Amen. God has placed you right where you are for such a time as this. I believe it's no accident that you are here today. It's no accident where you live. It's not accidental who you are working beside in your cubicle. It's not accidental who you're bumping shoulders with at HEB. God has got a plan for you. God has got some folks that are hurting in our world and he's calling us to be a light in the darkness. Therefore, let me pick up that mantle, Lord Jesus. Help me obediently walk through those doors that you place in front of me. Anybody with me today? Would you so want you give God praise today for that? Now, here's what I need you to know. We cannot earn grace, okay? We can't earn God's grace or favor. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Grace has been freely distributed and given to all of us. If we do not invest in the things that are dearest to God, if we just hoard them up for self, we're not investing in things that will make eternal difference. And when that occurs, then the stuff, then the stuff takes priority in my life because that's what I'm elevating in my life, in my heart. So God, help me in this area. Let me grow, God, in this area. Let me be obedient to Scripture. Giving of my time and talents for the kingdom, it demonstrates that I would rather serve than be served. It shows I understand the eternal value of things that we do for God's kingdom. I'm not simply living for the here and the now, but I'm investing in eternity for the not yet, but soon to be. Amen. <laughs> we are investing in something eternal. God declares that to be great. I must be willing to be the least. I must be willing to be servant of all. I'm not going to be a consumer. God, help me be a contributor to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. When the Lord has my entire heart, completely all of me, that's the moment that all that I have belongs. To him and I promise you you can never outgive the Lord amen you will never ever 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 be able to outgive God you can try him you can test him in this area if you put him first I believe the Bible declares this and I know it to be true that he will take care of you it's amazing how being obedient to him in regarding stewardship how we can actually grow closer to the Lord because we see how faithful God is and it makes us love him even the more. An amazing truth related to biblical stewardship is that giving blesses me in return. Giving it blesses me in return. Now you may have heard of this word before, um, but if you're not sure exactly what it means, the word is called a tithe. It's not tithe, uh, but it's the tithe. A tithe. Uh, Malachi 3 and 10, talk about it a little bit, reads this way. Bring to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn, so there will be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord all-powerful. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out all the blessings that you need. Now, maybe we think that, you know, giving God something is a good thing, and it is. But that's not tithing, all right? Tithing's very specific. Tithing is that first tenth of your income or your increase that's given back to the Lord. So that's before paying 
or giving or buying something else. Another striking thing that we find in this passage, God actually asks us to test him in this area. Now, you know, when you say, go ahead and test me, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing, right? I cannot fathom, actually, as I was sitting there doing a, te- you know, in my head thinking about this, is there anywhere else in the Bible that he talks about being, you know, just test me? He asks the person, would you just, just test me, test me, hey, you pe- people, humanity, test me in this area. Test me, says the all-powerful God, test me in this area. And in doing so, he makes both a promise and a challenge for us to take him up on it. Because the promise is really this if-then statement that we see. We see this actually, by the way, a lot in Scripture, the if-then kinds of blessings and promises. We must first do something, then he will do something. If my people will humble themselves, right? If they will call on my name, you know, then I will answer them. Okay, so there's this if and then statements that are occurring all throughout scripture. Here's another one of them, of course. So God says that first 10% of what you earn, it belongs to him. So it's actually his money and we are asked to return it to him. And so if we are taking that first 10% that we earn and spending it on something else, can I share something that's biblical here? The Bible says we're robbing God. That's pretty strong, but look, I didn't write this stuff. (laughs) I mean, you know what I would have said? Hey, (laughs) y'all, it's all good. Just, you know, if you just buy some, you know, Dr. Pepper (laughs) and you pass it along to everybody. Nobody knows this, but I actually love Dr. Pepper, but I have not drank Dr. Pepper in a very long time. Okay, praise God. Some of those that have been around me know that, man, it was like six uh, cans of Dr. Pepper a day. My, my, my. When I was working at Dell, it'd be almost like a whole like 12 pack of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah, pretty bad. I'm pretty sure that, you know, that wasn't healthy. I don't know. I'm sure if there's any medical people could tell me it wasn't healthy. I know my wife could tell me it wasn't very healthy. (laughs) Moderation, folks. Yeah, help me in this area. (laughs) I don't know what that has anything to do with, but for those that love Dr. Pepper, (laughs) may God bless you. (laughs) Sure, sure. Why not? The Bible has some strong language when it comes to robbing him. I think that's where we were going. All right, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithe and offering. And verse 9, that's a tough word right there, but it's in there. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So, I'm not, by the way, I don't like curses from God I prefer blessings I'm just let's speak truth hey let's be let's be in the book here right all right so if I am not tithing I'm actually using God's money for another purpose what the word of God says is I'm actually robbing the Lord and this will cause problems in our life because it prevents God from blessing our finances So if we want God's blessing in our finances, like every other area that we want, right, we need to put him first in this particular area. Now, here's the question people ask me. So why 10 percent? Well, that's a great question, right? That really is. I mean, the rich young ruler was actually called in the New Testament to give all, sell all to the poor and then be my disciple. All right. Now, in this passage, we see 10%. He could have said 20, 50, 90. For some, it is actually, by the way, more than this. This is kind of like that bare minimum. God wants us to trust him with this first 
10%. And then he is able and willing to pour out a blessing on the remaining 90%. Because 10% shows that he is first place in our lives. Now, can I tell those that are very generous in this room, you can give to other causes, and I, pr I pray that you do. By the way, we do. I pray that you are giving to other causes because I think that's important. I think we need to help people. Those are important things. I believe this. I practice it. But that's not tithing. It's an offering. It's a gift. It's being generous. These are all important things. The Bible, by the way, teaches us to do that as well. The sanctuary gives offerings to many causes because we believe in helping others. We believe in helping people. We give to missionaries to start churches here in North America. We support missionaries out of this church globally overseas. When there's crises and things that are happening in our, in our area or even in, you know, Central Texas, Texas, we give to those crisis points. We also help people who are in need, you know, falling on hard times because we believe the church has been blessed to be a blessing. We as the church, as the body of Christ, now we have been blessed and we are also called to be a blessing. All of these kinds of offerings fall under the category of giving and not tithing because tithing is actually acknowledging that 100% of our earning, of our increase comes from God. So that first portion, we're supposed to give that back to him. And it's that principle of honoring God in first things, right? In those first areas, in those important things and placing him at the center of our lives. Tithing, it honors God in our past, our present, and our future. Tithing honors God in our past, and our present, and our future. For in the past, it's a statement of gratitude. We're thankful. We're grateful. Thanking God for the blessings that we have received. Thanking God for the very ability to be able to actually receive finances, be it work or whatever, right? I mean, part of that means we are just thankful today. Our health, our intelligence, our job, our career, we're just thankful. We live in a state of gratitude. That's a thankfulness for the past. For the present, it's a statement of priority. It shows you want God to be first place in your life. So rather than worshiping entertainment, rather than worshiping cars or whatever it is, living for the weekend, so to speak, or whatever it is, houses, uh, things, you know, whatever material things it is, God is our first priority. For the future, it's a statement of faith. It's that trust factor, all right? I trust God with my future. I trust him with my life. I don't trust myself. I trust him. I'm placing him in the driver's seat of my future. If I give God what he requires and asks for, he will bless the remaining 90% and make it a whole lot further, a whole lot, go, go a whole lot further than I could do in my own strength. By the way, I'm grateful God's in charge of my life, right? I want him to be the one that helps me <laughs> figure some things out. How do you make the dollar stretch? Well, turn it over to the Jesus and he'll figure out a way to make that happen. So how does that work? Well, I can't afford to tithe. Well, that's another statement that sometimes we share. I mean, come on, we've got all these bills, all these things. Uh, you know, are, are we living within our means today? These are all great questions. Here's what happens when we tithe. If you make $1,000, you give 100 of that back to the Lord. God blesses the remaining 90% that remains and he actually multiplies it 
like loaves and fishes. You know, by the way, he's the one that can do stuff like that. <laughs> the supernatural work. Anyone in the room? Has anyone tested God in this area and seen God just to do something amazing? Sure, there's some tithers in the room. So you understand this idea. When you give, you can never outgive God. It's this amazing, crazy, uh, oftentimes ludicrous principle, but yet it's in the word of God. Therefore, I'm willing to trust God in this area. If I can trust God with my life, my salvation, surely I should be able to trust him with some pennies. <laughs> right? And by the way, pennies are okay, but chances are, depending on what your income is, that may not necessarily compute to, yeah, just, 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 just trying to help somebody out here. <laughs> Preacher said I can just give pennies and barrels of, I don't know, whatever works for you, I don't know. If you have a hard time believing this, then step out in faith on the challenge that God shares with us in Ma Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, test him, test him in this area. Um, obeying him means that I'm allowing him to prove his faithfulness in my life. If I don't give God that first 10%, according to the Malachi principle, what we see in scriptures, he's not going to bless our finances. There's you know, again, we can never outgive God. We can never outgive the Lord. Now, I know some of you, it has been a difficult 13 months. We've been in a global pandemic, folks. Some of us, we are really worried. We're really stressed about our finances. Some of us in the room, some that are watching online today, you used to give, you used to tithe, but have decided, man, that's a little too risky for me. I just can't do that right now. Can I tell someone that you can trust Jesus Christ? You can trust in the promises of the word of God and in being obedient in this area, God is going to bless you. God will bless you as you begin to honor him, especially during tough times. Come on, somebody, especially my tithers in the room. When you put God first in the area, area of giving your finances the bible shares that he is faithful today so why don't we put god to the test right why don't we let god show up mightily in your life i mean all of a sudden different things can occur i mean all i mean even this week someone said hey by the way i just got a promotion i got a, a new job i'm gonna get a whole lot more money i'm like praise god man this was a tither by the way i said praise god that's just a blessing to you it's gonna be a blessing to the church you know i mean again there's something to be said about placing god first in all areas amen we've tried it our way right human beings we've done it our way will we try it god's way that's really the hard question are we willing to try it god's way I mean, I mean, it, I'm, is my way working? How's, how's that working for us? <laughs> right? <laughs> how's that really working? It, it might not be working so good. So if my plan ain't working, why don't I try it God's way? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 promises that if we place him first, he's going to take care of us. In verse 9, it reads, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine my challenge for tithing is this we have tried it our way let's try it god's way i invite you to test god and embark upon taking a 40-day tithing challenge 
Watch Jesus work in your finances. Watch him work in that area as well as other areas. It might not be finances. I mean, sometimes I'm just glad that by my, you know, I didn't get a flat tire on the way home because that's a couple hundred bucks, right? So there are times in my life I can say, God, your grace was sufficient. I didn't hit that tree. I did not even see that par, but man, God, you, there are times God will just bless me. <laughs> Because I've honored him in areas. Amen, somebody today. Sometimes it's not just that one thing, but in all areas, God is trying to share this idea that he wants to be in charge of our lives, but help us in this process. The paradox is if you want to keep it, give it away. If you want to lose it, keep it. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. That's not how earthly investments work, right? Any, any of my investors in the room? This, that's not how it works, right? But that's not how God works because this is kingdom of God stuff. This is biblical stuff. This is supernatural stuff. I want the supernatural God that spoke the world into existence to bless my life, bless my career, bless my church, bless my finances, bless my relationships, bless my friendship. Hey, I want God. So if that's going to be the case, I need to honor him in this area. We don't give to God just to get stuff back, (laughs) okay? (laughs) We do it so that we get to partner with him on this grand mission in his kingdom. There's contentment, there's peace, there's joy from a deeper relationship with God. No amount of money can produce that. Can't buy me love, right? (laughs) Not real love anyway. (laughs) Being obedient in giving, we unlock blessings for others and ourselves. Paul told the church at Corinth, they proved the sincerity of their love by giving. Biblical stewardship helps us focus on the eternal rather than on the temporary. When I focus on something other than myself, it helps me see the big picture. If all I focus on is me, my family, my stuff, my time, my talents, chances are I'm going to feel pretty empty at the end of the day. I'd like to close with a story and really put this on a personal level. For me, I want my entire life to put God first in all areas. That's my desire. My desire, my desire right? How does this look on a practical level? Well, when I personally give of my time to somebody else, it seems like I can get a whole lot more done with what's left in my life. I just feel like I can do that, right? When I use my talents for God's kingdom, there's a peace, there's a contentment, there's a joy, there's a a feeling of, man, I'm so glad I get to do this for God. I get to do this for the church. I can do this. There's a fulfillment that's found in serving in the kingdom. When I give of my treasure, my finances to God's work, he has always been faithful and has blessed my finances. I don't do these things so God will bless me in return. Can't manipulate God into getting stuff. That's not the point, you know. Because that's, again, we're, we're, we're missing it if that's the case. I'm simply telling you that I have a peace that I could not find in myself, in, in my own strength today. I find it in Jesus Christ. I find a peace today in Jesus Christ that I could never imagine. I've been blessed today with an amazing family, an amazing wife, and a miracle son, Jude. I'm grateful for my family today, okay? I, can we just give my family a hand? They sacrificed so much for the church. 
I've got close friends here in the congregation, some that are watching online across really all over the place. But man, I, I am blessed with friendships that I don't deserve today. People that have just loved on me and, and appreciated. I just appreciate them in my life. God has blessed me with more material possessions that I deserve. He really has. I trust the best part of my life. I trust God and I want to place him first in all areas of my life. And I believe because of that now he has blessed me. I want to be obedient. And because I've been obedient, God has blessed me. When Jesus Christ is really Lord in our lives, we will realize there's absolutely nothing we ought to withhold from him. God, help me not to be selfish with time, talent, and treasure. Help me, God, to surrender. Help me to surrender all these to you so that you can do something through me. Let's stand. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are contributors and they're consumers. Actually, if you look to the, I suppose even the animal kingdom, there's stuff like that as well, but contributors and consumers. Maybe you are experiencing financial hardship today. Maybe you are fearful to use your talents, your ability for what God is calling you to do. Maybe you feel anxiety, fear, you're overextended, and you don't know how you can give God more of your time. Perhaps God is not the first priority in our lives yet. God desires to have the very best of us, not just simply the leftovers. He desires that we give our very best effort, very best of our time, our talent, our resources to him daily. He's always, he's always asked for our first fruits. Always asked for our first fruits. He wants to be first. What is the most basic responsibility of stewardship? It's giving all of myself to God and letting everything else flow out of that mindset. What is my attitude about ownership today? Do I own it all or does God own it all? And today I'm calling the church to surrender time, and talent and treasure to Jesus Christ. Why are you talking about this today? Well, I believe we're called to be on mission. We're called to deepen the core, the core families of the church. God is calling us to be a healthy core of men and women, young people of faith today, a healthy core so that as more folks make the sanctuary their home, it's because all of a sudden we've allowed Jesus to be the center of all areas. And there's a natural outflowing within us to others. Why? Because there's a strength within us. We found Jesus Christ. We've allowed him to be Lord in all areas. For some of us, we're still wrestling with this. And, you know, that's okay. I understand. That's a human thing. But I believe God wants to help us. God really wants to help you today. And I believe this is a, a great area. This idea of stewardship, this idea of allowing Jesus Christ to be for It will bless you. It will bless you. You will find a blessing and a contentment that you cannot find in your own ability. And so as we close today in prayer, I believe God's calling us to a deeper faith, a deeper trust today, because God wants us to move forward in him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this day. 
Lord, I know that every one of us in this room, everyone that is listening to this sermon online, Lord, you have blessed us beyond measure in so many means, in so many ways. There are areas in our life that still need to be surrendered to you. So today, God, I pray that you will reveal those areas. If it's tithe, if it's finances, reveal that to us. If it's our time, if it's our talents, God, reveal that to us. I pray that you speak life to us right now. I pray, God, that you'll help us be obedient to you. God, you are calling us to be a church on mission. The church was not created just for us. It was created so that we could reach our world with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, being the bridegroom of Christ in these last days. And so God, if we're going to live in these last days today, I pray that you will awaken us, God, today. Place a desire within us to serve you, Jesus, to place you at the center. Help us to be more like you, true disciples, God, committed to you, following after you. I pray today that you will challenge us, inspire us, encourage us, God, in all all areas of our life. This day, God, is the day we will mark on our calendar. We will circle it today because today is the day we fully trusted you in our lives in all areas. So today is the day I will surrender to you. I will surrender all to you. I believe you're calling us to go deeper. You're calling us to go forward and march, Lord Jesus, into a world filled of hopelessness today. Who are folks that are lost today? They need deliverance. They need direction. God, I pray that you use us right now. Help us realize the gravity of the moment and understand you've got a greater purpose, a greater calling for us to fulfill. In the mighty name of Jesus, speak life into this place, I pray. Speak hope, I pray right now, as we surrender everything to you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for what you're about to do and for every life, God, that will be transformed in your image. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'd like to take a moment and open up the altars right here, that front part of the auditorium. If you'd like to come and pray right now, I invite you, feel free to do that. I believe Jesus is calling us to go deeper. Jesus is calling us to surrender. Amen. If you just need something from the Lord today, today is your day to make Jesus Christ the first priority in your life. The first in the center of it all. Would you just take a moment and begin to pray? I believe the presence of God is here. God wants to help us as we surrender our all today. We're going to pray. We're going to make this entire place a prayer meeting right now. God is going to minister to the folks here in person. If you're watching online, I pray God will minister right where you are in your living room today. God, I pray, Lord, do what only you can do in this place. Healing and deliverance and strength, God. Let it be released in this place today. Lord, we trust you with our all, our everything. Lord, we worship you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for it. In the name of Jesus, let's all pray. Jesus is here. The presence of God is in the house. I invite you to find a place of prayer right where you are, here at the front. Amen. Let's all pray. The presence of God is in the house.